scared, and I said, I just was praying, and the sound man of all people in the back after service, he came to me, he said, that was me, because I, I said, you know, I was praying specifically, and there was somebody that you were, you were really, you're, you were questioning your life and your purpose, but God wants you to know you're valuable, and you have a purpose, and you have a destiny, and there's a specific plan that God has for you, and that you are valuable to this church and to the people around you and your family, and don't take that lightly, and don't, don't think that maybe just because maybe your family has neglected you, but this body of Christ has not neglected you, and it was just a specific word for him, and and he said, thank you. Thank you for praying for me. I really have been dealing with a lot. And, you know, I want to speak that to you tonight, that God has a word for you. And whether it comes as a direct word that somebody maybe says, okay, I have a direct word for you, that I believe just as she was saying that God has a direct word for you tonight. And that if you'll listen and say, okay, Lord, I want to tune in and I want my heart to be open to whatever you have. I want to receive that. I don't want to sing tonight the song Healer because I believe God wants to heal people, in, in whether it's physical or emotional in your heart and in your or in your mind. I know God can do all of it. Amen. Go ahead and play that. Lord, we want to open our hearts up tonight. God, to just receive. Lord, we know you are our healer and that by your stripes we are healed. Thank you, Father.
pray right now for faith to be encouraged. I speak to fear and doubt and stress and worry and I command it to go and I speak peace to their minds and their hearts tonight. Lord, those that are worried about something, that God, that you bring peace. God, that they are trusting in you. God, we put all of our faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I know at times we wonder you know, what's that next step? God, where are you taking us? Where are you leading? But you know, we can trust in him and we can look that when he calls us, he's going to take us to the right place. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where fiend may fail. And there I find you in My faith will stand
to step out, step out to where you called us. Oh, Lord, we will obey. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. And take me deeper than my feet could ever wonder. My faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Oh, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. And take me deeper than my feet could ever wonder that my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you call me. Take me deeper than my feet <laughs> could ever wonder that my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Oh, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wonder that my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wonder that my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Jesus, oh, have your way in us. Oh, Lord, 
us that you're our Father and you want what's best for us. So wherever you take us, God, even though we may not understand, God, we trust in you, Lord, that you have the perfect plan. God, we're following you, Father, in Jesus' name. I'm not biased at all. I will fail miserably. I get to listen to her anytime I want to. Isn't that fun? So, no, I'm, uh, we're so glad to be here. Thank you so much, pastors. We're so grateful. Y'all give your pastors a hand, please. We honor you. We honor you. Thank you. Thank you for, for all that you're doing here, for the way that you love your people and you love your city. Thank you for having us. And if I don't hit a home run, I won't blame either one of you. So I just say, just I just showed up and, and they let me in tonight. So they don't blame them, you know. After listening to Ruthie, though, I always feel like I hit foul balls. So, you know. It's okay, though. You know, I'm, uh, we're grateful to be here in beautiful Lafayette. This is the first time I've ever been to Indiana. Never been here before. So beautiful state. See, you got a lot of road work going on, some <laughs> laughter. So I have to be nice and compliment everywhere I go. No, I'm just kidding. It is beautiful. I've lived in a lot of different places. Texas is hot. You know, we got out of lunch today. I'll just be honest. And the, 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 our, our server said, Man, y'all need to just hear some to-go drinks because it's hot out there. I walked out of my car, it's like 85. We left 102 today at <laughs> Dallas. It's like, so, I mean, man, this is spring to me. So, it's great. I like the cooler weather. So, um, here in, in Lafayette. I'm actually, I grew up in the right way to pronounce it, Lafayette, Louisiana. Okay. It's L-A, not L-O. You wanted to know, okay? <laughs> Lafayette. No, I don't know. I will have to figure out why the different name changes are. But anyway, so I grew up there, Lafayette, Louisiana, and then moved and met my beautiful wife in <coughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma, when we went to college. So now we live in Dallas, uh, the great state of Texas. It is heaven. I'll just be honest with you. It's the next closest thing, anyway. Um, next closest thing. So, but no, we're glad to be here and... Uh, I'm going to get into the word real quick, and then we'll say a quick prayer. So if you have your Bibles or your iPads, iPhones, or Androids, whatever you got, let's uh, look at Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to jump around here between Acts 1 and 2, but you can follow me, right? Yeah. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 4. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. It's right before he's going to ascend back to heaven, right after the resurrection. And so he says this, it says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now look at chapter 2, verse 1. It says that when the day of Pentecost arrived, 
they were all together in one place. Now look down at verse 6. Told you I was going to jump around. Stick with me. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Verse 11. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear, him, hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Now verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Give ear to my words. Verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed him by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Now, let me pray. Jesus, I just thank you for your love and for your mercy, for your grace for each one of us that you've extended your grace to us, Father, that we might freely receive it and enter into a relationship with you. And Father, I just pray that over these next few minutes, Lord, that we would receive your word, that we would receive your mercy and receive your grace, that we're here with open ears and open hearts, open minds to hear from you, to hear from your spirit. Lord, I thank you that as we lean in tonight, lean into your word, Lord, that just as pastor spoke earlier, we're going to receive a divine word from you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I know that this is a word from God for you all tonight, for this church, for this city. I'm excited about preaching it. And to start it off, actually, I wanted to ask you all a question. How many of you, you've ever made a plan and then it went completely different than what you had planned? Anybody? Okay. Thank you for interacting with me. Sometimes I ask that and people are like, everything I do works out, you know. <laughs> so, no, I, I, it's, it's true. You know, sometimes we make plans and it just doesn't work out the way we had planned. And Ruthie and I, we got pregnant two years ago now, 22 months ago. No, it would be longer than that because she's 22 months now, our baby. So it would be like 30-something months ago, you know. <laughs> And so, so when um, Ruthie got pregnant, we immediately, you know, went to the doctor and asked, you know, when's this baby due? When's she coming? And so she said, uh, well, the baby's going to be due September the 7th. And immediately, Ruthie and I thought, that's not going to work. <laughs> and that's really not going to work for us. And the doctor said, you know, it has to work for you. We said, no, we have to all pray that this baby comes sooner. And, you know, September the 7th was the day that her brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, her sister, my sister-in-law, her sister, and brother-in-law, they were starting a church in Orlando, Florida. And, of course, Ruthie wanted her mother to be there when we had the baby. And so Ruthie's mom wasn't going to be able to be there because she was going to be in Orlando priorities, you know, new baby, new church. Shows you where we fall on the totem pole. Anyway, so let's, uh, 
as we progress here. So, you know, and then we thought, well, though, if, we, if, we, if she comes like the 24th, that would be okay because the 24th, but wait a minute. Then we thought, no, if, we, if she came the 31st, you're like, that would be good because there's nothing going on then because the 24th, the 24th, the church, Victory Christian Center in Tulsa was actually being um, handed off to my brother-in-law, her brother Paul, and so it was, it was really like we had a, a week and a half there to get this thing done, okay? And, and so the doctor, we asked her, she, we said, is there any way that like maybe we can induce? Now, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm, I live with three women. I'm used to this, okay? Ruthie and two, two daughters, not three women, Okay. So, I'm not that Southern, okay? So, not that South for you, okay? So, the, um, the big thing was we wanted both families there. We wanted both moms there. Texas law, you can, we wanted our daughters to be two grades apart and not three grades apart. And Texas has a hard law that if the baby is born after September 1st, they must go into that next grade. So then our daughters would be three grades apart and not two. And so as you can see, me and Ruth, you're just very OCD. (laughs) Just very OCD, thinking through all these things. And so, you know, we we made this plan then because Ruthie, Ruthie had to have a C-section because we had two, or we had a daughter and she already had um, a C-section with her. So the doctor said, okay, you got to have a (laughs) C-section. But the soonest I can do it is seven days. God is moving because that's the 31st of August, okay? And, and so we said, we'll take it. She's like, well, that's a Sunday. And we said, well, can you please come in? She said, she said I will come in for you on that day, the 31st. And so we, we set the appointment. We're ready to go. That month of August comes. Ruthie's ready for the baby to come. And, you know, but we're getting everything ready. And so... You know, it's the week of the 24th. And so we're thinking, I'm making plans for the 31st. This is what needs to happen at church that next week. And, and so, you know, just working through things with people. And, but then after church on the 24th, this is a Sunday, um, I'm standing up and we had a mobile church. So we were tearing things down and I was tearing some speakers down and loading them up. And, and so all of a sudden, I'm talking with a friend. All of a sudden, this other guy comes running up to me, and, and he's out of breath. You know, if he was a dog, he'd be panting. You know, I mean, he is just out of breath. And he said, Adam, Adam, Adam. He, he said, and I, I said, hold on, man. I'm in the middle of a conversation. He said, no, 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 Adam, Adam, Adam. And I said, hold on. He said, no, Adam, listen to me. And I said, what? And he said, Ruthie is having a baby. Like, she's going into labor and I said, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, it's okay. Like, I'm thinking women have stomach pains when they're pregnant. It's okay, you know. He said, no, like, you don't understand, bro. I said, what is it? He said, her water just broke and it is everywhere. <laughs> and so I look up and Ruthie's standing in the hallway. Thank God for tile, you know. <laughs> She's standing in the hallway getting the baby from the nursery, getting Tova, our first from the nursery, and just looking at me like, you better get back here fast, because 
this baby's coming, you know? And from my perspective, it's like all the guys that were around just like left. Like, how fast can I get out of here? You know, because there's stuff on the ground that I don't recognize. And, but then, you know, women are just amazing and they came in to, to help and very nurturing, kind and loving. And, and so now all of a sudden, fast forward, my mind goes to, does this stuff come out of car seats? OCD. Okay. So I'm thinking, is this, is this just going to smell? Is it going to stay in the car? Like what happens? And, and thank the Lord that people know my personality and know me well enough that, that I had a great God sent woman in the church come up to me and say, Adam, it's okay. I have blankets and trash bags in my car. And I thought, God, you answer prayers without me even asking. And so she came and she brought her blankets and I was so grateful. And the car made it, you know. So we made it to the hospital and about 45 minutes later, we had our beautiful new daughter, Ziva. And hallelujah is right. And it was on the 24th of August. We beat September. And... uh the 24th of August, but things did not go the way we had planned at all, needless to say. They, it was a, a chaotic day, but it was a fun, memorable day that we'll never forget. And, you know, I just think about that day, and I think about many things in life, but especially that, and I just think, wow, you know what? God has a plan. And he knew how it would work out. He knew that it would work out. And I just re- want to tell you that today, that, you know what? God has a plan. No matter what's going on, he has a plan. And it's a good plan. He tells us that clear, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. See, to give you hope. See, Jesus came to give us hope. And hope is such a strong, powerful thing when we grab a hold of it, when we understand that, you know what, I have hope for tomorrow. I have hope knowing that, okay, as bad as things look today, as uncertain as I may be today, tomorrow is going to be better. Tomorrow is going to be better. I can be certain that tomorrow is going to be better because Jesus is on my side, because God has a plan. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for my life. And he is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And God is, he's always trying to move us out of negative things, out of, out of things that are holding us back, out of things that are keeping us uncertain, into things that are better, into the light, into things where we have certainty, into hope. So we don't live a life of hopelessness, but we have hope right? And so we're, we're living a life of purpose and destiny and not a life that's meaningless, but we're living a life where we're thriving, where we're thriving and we're excited about what's going on. See, that's the life that I want to live. And what's amazing is that's the life that God has promised that we can live because he's a good God and he's a loving God and he's a gracious and merciful God that is for us, that he's for us in our finances in our spiritual walk with him, in our relationships, in our professions. See, every area of life he's got covered, every area of life he addresses in the word of God. He talks about it. And he talks about his good plan for them. And the the things that we can do, the things that he's gonna do on our behalf so that we walk out that great plan for our life. See, and here's my, 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 quote that I absolutely love, that I stand on, and I want to encourage you all to just take this 
And say it to yourself every day. Say it to yourself when you're not sure about what's going on. And it's this. If you're not dead, then you're not done. If you're not dead, then you're not done. No matter how old, no matter how young, if there's still breath in your lungs, then God's still got a great plan and a great call on your life. And it's a call that's going to change the world. Because that is what Jesus ordained us to do. In the book of Acts, what I just read to you, what was Jesus positioning them for? What was he saying stay here for? It's stay here so that I can give you the resource, so that I can give you the one who's going to give you the power and the authority that you need to fulfill the plan, the call that I have on your life to go and change and take my message, my gospel to the entire world. So that you have the grace that's needed to, to change people's lives. So that you can do things that other people can't do because you have my supernatural strength on the inside of you. And that's his Holy Spirit that gives us the strength to do things that we didn't think we could do. He empowers us to do the impossible. He empowers us to do the impossible so that we have a great life. Fulfilling the plan that he created us with. You see, he created us with a plan, a call. He's hardwired you with specific things that you like and you don't like for a reason. And those things that you like and you don't like help create that gift and that talent that you have, that you implement and that you begin to work out and flesh out in your everyday life, that you take and you change the world with it. And you change the lives of other people with it. See, that's the purpose right there. It's changing the lives of others. It's knowing Christ and changing the lives of others. And see, I want you to think about what's going on with the disciples, though. The disciples, they're hearing Jesus talk, the one that they've spent years with, okay? They're, they're hearing him talk, and, and, and he's saying, now, I want you to stay here in Jerusalem. Think about what's going on in their mind. These guys are from Galilee. Their home is Galilee. But Jesus is saying, stay here. After I've left, stay here. Don't go back home. Stay here in the place where I've been persecuted, where you're being persecuted, where I was arrested, where I was beaten beyond recognition, where I was thrown in prison, where I was murdered. Stay here. Stay in the most difficult place you can possibly stay. That's really what Jesus is saying. Don't go back to where it's easy. Stay here where it's very, very difficult. You see, sometimes the place where God's telling us to be can be the most difficult place to be in. It can be so hard. And a lot of times because the enemy is wanting you to move out of that place so much because he knows that while you're there, you're accomplishing the plan that God has for your life. He's a, you're, and, and, and he's bringing that doubt and that insecurity and that worry and that fear to try to get you to move. See, but really what's happening is God, you're, giving, you're getting an opportunity to stand in faith. You're getting an opportunity to overcome. You're getting an opportunity to grow and to persevere and to endure those things and to choose to forgive and to choose to push through that fear that may be trying to paralyze you, to choose to move forward when things look down. See, it's a choice and we are able to do it through the power of God on the inside of us, his Holy Spirit that he gives us. You see, I, Ruthie and I, we, we work out. 
And um, I just started, so if you can't tell, then you're like, hey, I can't tell. How does that guy work out? You know, no. I just started, so bear with me. I hate working out, but I do it, you know. And so, but what's happened is I've got calluses that have formed on my hand. And last week, two of them ripped off. Excruciatingly painful. You know, I'm just going to tell you, just be honest. It just burns. It just, that's, that's it. It just burns. And so one of the guys in the gym, he told me, you know what you can do? It's just get in the shower. And when you're in the shower, just take like a, a scrub and, you know, something that women a lot of times will scrub their heels with, one of those scrubs, and, and scrub down your callus so that the skin doesn't stick up where the weight grabs it when you're lifting. And so it smooths it down, but your callus is still there, so it doesn't hurt every time you lift. And so I think about, you know what? God's trying to, to smooth off the rough edges so that you can make it through the things that he's got for you. Make it through the different things that are going to come across your path as you continue to walk out the plan that he has for you. Because inevitably, there will be trials. There will be There will be circumstances, situations, obstacles that are hard that we have to push through. But you know what? As we do it, what happens? There's there's a reward that he has for us. And that reward is we're walking out the plan that he has for our life and lives are being changed. Ultimately, that's it. Lives are being changed. Your pastors were talking about inviting people and bringing people, bringing women tomorrow, bringing people Sunday, bringing people. Why? Because they see that the number one thing in life, apart from loving Jesus Christ, is reaching people. When we reach people, meaning that we bring them to Jesus Christ, lives are changed. Their life is forever transformed. And they now step into the hope that you get to experience every day because you love him passionately. You see, it's all about Jesus, and we have to get that mindset that it's all about him. My life has to circulate around him, that he's the center, and I'm going to continue to move around him. No matter what things, no matter what's going on, I'm going to continue to look to him. I'm not going to blame him like so many people do when things start going bad. Well, if it wasn't wasn't for me, you know, looking to Jesus or standing up for my faith, this wouldn't be happening. No, that at those times, you hang on. And you continue just to push in. And you lean into him. And you listen and you, th- you look to what is it you're, you can learn right now. Because proper placement is so important. Proper placement is something he's been concerned about from the very beginning with Adam. What did he do? He created the garden. And then he created Adam. And he put Adam in the garden. And then he created, and then he gave Adam his purpose. And he said, I want you to name the animals. See, and then he brought Eve to Adam. See, when we're in the right place, God gives us his call on our life. And he also brings a wife or a husband. He brings people. He brings great things. He brings provision. He brings protection. You see, God is a good God. When we're doing what he's called us to do, when we're in that right place, we give him the opportunity to provide for us in supernatural ways. We give him the opportunity to protect us. My daughter, Tova, when she was two, so about two years ago, I, I hear this like the middle of the night. It's like 2 a.m. Everything's two, two years ago, two, two, you know, everything's two. I don't know why. And so, you know, I'm laying there at bed and I, I love sleep. I don't know if y'all do or not. 
I love to sleep. I was up at 4 a.m. this morning to catch a flight, and that is just the enemy, I'm telling you. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And so I was, but I like to, um, I was sleeping, and when I go to sleep, I sleep hard. You know, like Ruthie has to shake me to wake me up. And, um, and so, but this particular night, I hear this, this rattling at the door. And it's a, I'm like, what is that? And so I get up and I walk into my hallway because it's coming from the front door. And I look down the hallway and it's my two-year-old daughter grabbing at the doorknob trying to get outside. And she's trying to unlock the door, trying to get outside. And I walk down and I'm, Tova, what are you doing? What are you doing? She's sleepwalking. She's sleepwalking about to walk out of the house. You see, if she gets out of the house away from me, I can't protect her. But you know what? As long as she's in the house, me and Ruthie both got our concealed weapons license in Texas. We will light somebody up. You know? I don't know if y'all are about guns up here, but don't take my gun away from me, you know? And, and so, you know, right to bear arms. Come on, Jesus. So, you know, I mean, it's... it's Protection, there we go. Protection, I got off on guns and started thinking about shooting anyway. So, so you know, I, protection. This is, see, Jesus, when we're in the right place, he can protect us. Just like when my daughter's in the right place, when she's in my home, I can protect her and I'm gonna protect her. I'm gonna make sure that nothing happens to her. But, it doesn't necessarily mean she's not going to go through hard things. But when she's going through those things, I'm going to be right there for her. I'm going to be right there watching out for her. I'm going to be right there helping her along the way. Saying, you know what, you can make it. It's okay. This is going to help you get stronger. It's going to help you become a better person. But I'm going to protect her. And you know, the other, I'm going to provide for her. When she's with me, I'm going to provide for her. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make sure she has all the resources to fulfill the call that she, that she has on her life. See, this guy, he's just, he's saying, you know what, here's my Holy Spirit, guys. Here's my Holy Spirit. And I'm giving it to you. It's, it's the one person, it's the one thing you have to have to fulfill my purpose in this world, to fulfill your call, to fulfill your destiny, to take my gospel to the entire world. I'm giving it to you. And I'm gonna make sure that you have all the financial resources you need. I'm gonna make sure that you have, that you have the, that you can grow in your spiritual walk with me so that you can hear my voice. So that you spend time with me, you're going to be able to listen and be in tune to what my spirit's telling you to do and, and guide you and, and lead you and protect you and comfort you. You know, just look to me. I'm giving you all that you need. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to make sure that you have the job that's needed, that you're walking in that call. You see, don't get discouraged. Stay encouraged. God is for you. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. He's got a plan for your finances. He's got a plan for your profession. He's got a plan. Some of you say, Adam, I've been believing for a job for a long time. I've been trying to get out of this job that I'm in. You know what? God's got the job for you. He's got the place for you to be in, the place where you're going to impact people that you work with. He's got the home that you've been believing for in the neighborhood that you need to be in because you need to impact the neighbors in that neighborhood. See, he's got a call and he's got everything figured out. We just have to look to him and listen. And he's going to protect us, and he's going to provide for us, and he's got the church that you need to be in. 
And this is the church you need to be in because it's an amazing church with amazing pastors who love you. You know, this is the church, I'm telling you. Be in this church. Reach out to people. Bring people to this church because they need to be in this church. And when you're here in this church and you know you're in the right place, begin to serve. Use the gift. That thing that God put on the inside of you, serve. Reach out. Change people's lives. That's what it's about. You're in the right place. You're serving in the right place. You're reaching people. You're changing lives. That's what we're all about. That's what we're all about. And that's when life becomes fun. It really is. When, you, when we get our eyes off ourselves and the things that we don't have or the things that we do have or the things that we want, when we get our eyes off ourselves and we begin to look out, we begin to see how, how blessed we are, we begin to see how we can bless others, and we begin to change lives. Because we begin to give, we begin to help, we begin to love. And that's the heart of God. That's what this word's all about. That's what, that's what the disciples started to do when they got empowered. You know, I, I think about you're in the right place. You're listening to God, and sometimes it's that place you don't necessarily want to be in. You know, I, I had to go to ORU because God told me to. And that's the truth. Like, I didn't want to go to ORU at all. I had been in a private Christian school my entire life. I wanted to go to University of Arkansas and be a Razorback because I bleed Razorbacks, you know. And, and so I, I, but God said, no, I want you to go to ORU. And so I went to ORU, and it's like the third week of school, my freshman year. And I'm walking across campus, and I got a bad attitude. And at the time, though, I had this long, this long, beautiful blonde hair. I'll let you figure out how it got blonde, but it was long and beautiful. I found a gray hair in my head the other day. I about, I went into depression. I said, Ruthie, it is over. Get it, get the, get the dark stuff out. So anyway, but uh, I had this, this hair and I said that because there was a guy who came up to me. Now, listen, I'm from Arkansas and Louisiana. This is really strange to me what happened next. He said, man, I just got to tell you, I really love your hair. Now, that's just, it was really strange for me. That might be a common occurrence here in Lafayette, Indiana. But for me, that was really awkward and really strange for a guy to come up out of nowhere that I did not know that I had never seen before and compliment my hair, you know? And, and so I just said, well, you know, thank you. What did you say to that? And so I said, thank you. And he's, he began to talk and we, um, tell me a little bit about himself and kind of disarmed me a little bit to let me know that he wasn't completely strange. And so, so um, but then he said, hey, would you want to go out? Me and my friends are going out to um, uh, somewhere, I don't know. But then, you know, go to a church with us on Sunday morning. And so I said, sure, you know, I'll go to do that. And so I'm sitting there at church and the church I'm sitting at, I'm like, wow, I really like this church. And the pastor's, you know, he's got this thing of marbles up there, and, and he's teaching, and he's using marbles as an illustration. And then he finished, and I was like, wow, this is great. I really enjoyed that. And my friend looked at me, and he said, bro, that was just the offering. I was like, man, we've been here how long already? And so, <laughs> but, but, you know, I... He said, and so then service ended, and he said, would you like to come with me to um, meet some more friends of mine? And I said, sure. And we went up to the kids' area where um, 
his friends were serving at the time. Kids ministry, great place to volunteer, great place to serve, youth, serve. And um, guess who I met there? Very first Sunday I was there. I met my beautiful wife. She was the kids pastor at the time. I met my beautiful wife. Later I found out she couldn't stand me. She didn't like me. I don't know how she jumped to that decision in 30 minutes, but she did. She said, I didn't like you. So, you know, I said, well, you can overcome first impressions. So, you know, I met my wife at my church. And it was there that I would step out and I would meet a great mentor in my life. Mentors, many of them. But he would give me my first amazing job once I graduated college and then I would step into a youth pastor role and then I became assistant pastor and then from there they launched us out to walk into our dreams and the call of God on our life to pastor a church to launch and pastor a church it was amazing and it all happened because I got in the right place at ORU even though I didn't necessarily want to be there I was there and I stayed there because I was listening to what God told me to do You see, when we listen to what God tells us to do, we get in that right place, and what happens? Our life begins to flourish. Great things begin to happen. And so, and then he connected me with that right person. You know, see, look at the disciples. What's going on? Jesus said, you know, stay here. All of you stay here. And I think about this. I think probably Jesus didn't give the Holy Spirit right then, or even like the next day or the next week. You know, like over a month went by. I think because he wanted to see who the Fairweather fans were. You know, because that was not going to be an easy time. And this, the Bible doesn't say that people jumped off the boat. But I think probably, you know, it's easy to root for the Colts when they're winning. Or for the Cowboys when they're winning. But you see who the real fans are when, they, when they're losing. You know, it's, you're going to see who the real followers of Christ are when they're being persecuted. When they're being tried. You see, what are we like when we're being tried? When, when things are difficult? When things in our relationships aren't the way we want them to be? When our marriage looks like it's falling apart? How, how are we then? Are we pushing into God, leaning into Him and saying, God, I need your wisdom. I need your strength. I need your grace. Are we blaming Him and we're walking away and going the other way? See, what, what is it? And, and so sure enough, they're there, but what happened? They're all surrounded together in unity. See, when we get surrounded with the right people, what happens is those people elevate us in times when it's difficult, when it's hard. When we're discouraged, they encourage us. When we're, when we're having a bad day, they help that day get better. When we need healing in our life, they do everything they can to help us walk out that healing. You know, people, they, they say that they see that we can become a better person And so they help us and they show us the things we can do to improve. See, we want the right people in our life. Now, we accept and we love and we welcome all people. I'm talking about the inner circle. Those immediate people that you surround yourself with. You know, who are you you aligned with? Because who you're aligned with is going to determine your future. Are you aligned with somebody who, who is discouraging you? That on your bad day is making it a worse day? Somebody who's not helping you become the person that God's called you to be. Somebody who's putting you in in situation where your faith can be compromised. Where your integrity is being compromised. You see, that's the wrong place to be. And those people are taking you to that wrong place. You see, 
Because when God wants to bless you, he's going to send a person. But when Satan wants to curse you, he's going to send a person. You see, so we have to look out and say, okay, is this person that's trying to align themselves with me or that I'm looking to align myself with, are they somebody that's going to help me accomplish the call of God on my life? Are they somebody that's going to help me grow in my relationship with God? Begin to look at the friends that you have. Look at the people you're surrounding yourselves with, even now. How are they helping you? Are they holding you back? Are they propelling you forward? The right people, so critical. You know, the right people bring healing and they encourage us. Relationships are so critical in life. Networking, connections, they'll open doors or they'll close doors. You know, meeting the one friend that already led me to meeting my wife. Through one person. You know, who, who are the people that you need to be connected with? And seek after them. Go after them. You know, what can you do to get connected with them? Go after a mentor. If you're not mentoring somebody, begin to mentor somebody, no matter how old or young. You find somebody and you begin to mentor them. And you look and say, okay, where... Where, where is it that I can really help someone? Is it in my marriage? Is it in my spiritual walk? And knowing that, you know what, I've really overcome some tough things in life. I've really, you know, overcome some things where, where I know how to forgive because of the way that people have hurt me. I know how to restore relationships. I know how to continue to walk through and overcome when things get really hard and difficult. You know, what... Where can you mentor somebody? Where can you help somebody? Is it in their marriage? Their finances? You know, if you need, if you need mentoring, look around you and say, who can mentor me? Who can help me? And go to them. Ask them. That's not a bad thing. Most of the time, somebody that's, that you want to mentor you, you need to approach. Because they're looking for somebody that wants their time. That's not just going to waste their time. See, mentors are so critical. They set the bar high. They set the bar up for us, and so we reach for that bar. You know, I, um, that first job that I went to out of ORU, it happened because I was on a mission trip. I got to tell you this real quick. I was on a mission trip. I was reading a magazine, and a guy knocked it out of my hand, and he asked me, you know, would you want to come to work for me? I tell you that to say he changed my life because I went to work for him doing pharmaceutical sales. And doing pharmaceutical sales, he taught me about having a better marriage, how to manage finances, how to grow in my walk with Christ, how to get involved in a church and serve. He challenged me in every area of my life. Who's challenging you? Are you challenging somebody else? Are you helping somebody else? See, these disciples, they got together in unity, the right people in the right place. So they could walk out the plan. See, God's got a plan. And many times we want it to just happen instantly, when in reality what happens is we got to know God, and we seek Him, and God gives us really instructions. He gives us plan, a plan that we need to take. He gives us a God idea, and then we seek Him, and He says, do this. Do this. Take this step. Now take this step. You know, what, what happened? He gave Bill Gates, Thomas Edison... You know, Steve Jobs, he gave them an idea. 
And then they just took steps to walk it out. See, you've got an idea for a business. You've got an idea that's going to help your, help your company. You've got an idea. And you seek God and he's going to show you the things you need to do. You've got an idea of how to restore relationship that's been broken. You know what? Ask God, what's the first step? What do I need to do? You've got an idea about how to enhance and grow in your relationship with God. It starts with an idea and you pray and you ask God and then he gives you a plan. You know, finances, it's, it's okay, I want to get out of debt. I'm strapped with debt. Budget. You know, I'm sick. Adam, I want a miracle. Man, God might do it instantly and it happens and it's done. But he also might use medication and surgery. Marriage, you know, our, our marriage is, is, is tough. We're going through difficult times. You know, it might be counseling is the, is the plan. You know, what is it? You seek God and he gives us the instructions. He gives us the blueprint. Look at, Jer- look at Joshua and Jericho. He said, march around the city, scream and blow trumpets. And the city fell. Name and go dip in the river seven times and he's healed. They needed wine at, Cain, at, uh, at the wedding, provision. Go, go fill the jars with water and then take them to the king, the master. What happened? It was there. But see, he put a demand on their faith. The demand was on their faith. He always puts a demand on our faith to step out. What are we believing God for? What are you believing God for right now? We always need to be believing God for something. And when we're believing him for something and we seek him, he gives us the idea and he gives us the steps. But it all starts with knowing him. You say, Adam, you don't know my background. You don't know where I come from. You don't know my mom, my dad. You don't know the things that have happened to me in my life. You don't know how hard it's been. You don't know me. You don't know the losses that I've had. You don't know that I've just been released from a job. You don't know what's been going on. You don't know how my wife kicked me out. You don't know how estranged I am from my kids. You don't know me. You don't know, Adam. I know life can be hard. I know it's tough. Ruthie and I just had our third miscarriage two weeks ago. We can't predict what's going to go on in life. What, what's, you know, one thing certain, uncertainty. But I know uncertainty can lead to certainty knowing that I have a hope in him. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And if I know him, if I know the source, I can walk out the plan and I can accomplish the purpose that he has for me of reaching people and changing lives. Because that's the purpose. And if I'm doing that, I know that I can have hope for tomorrow and that things are going to get better because I'm walking out the purpose that he has commissioned every one of us with. And that is go, take my gospel, take my word to the entire world. Change lives. I've given you this grace freely. Take it to people. That unmerited favor, that power of God that every person needs, that all of us have to have. And when we have it, lives are changed. Takes us being in the right place, getting with the right people, having the right plan. We see it with the disciples very clearly. What happens at the end? Peter stands up. He did something. He preached the gospel. It's not just going to happen. You can't just sit back and say, God, do it. No. We have to do something. We have to put action to it. But when we do, when we put action to our faith, 
God is faithful. He is faithful. Always, every time. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for my friends here tonight. Thank you for, for um, every person, Lord, in their heart and their desire to know you more, their desire to make you known in this world. Father, and I just thank you that your Holy Spirit is ministering and speaking to each one of us right now in different ways. We've heard your gospel, your message tonight. Lord, and you're ministering to us. Those of you that are here tonight, if you say, Adam, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Adam, you know what? I want to get, I need to, I need to be, I, I want to know for sure that I'm in the right place. That I'm in the right place. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Maybe it's the right job. Maybe it's the right city. Maybe it's in the right relation. You know, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I see you. God bless you. Thank you. You say, Adam, I just want to know I'm in the right place. Now, those of you that are here, you say, Adam, I want to know and I want to be surrounded with the right people. I want to get with the right people, the people that are going to help me accomplish the call of God on my life. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Just right where you are. I just want to pray for you. Just right where you are. Thank you. God bless you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I see you. Yeah. He's got the people that are going to bless you, that are going to take you forward those of you that are here final is that you got the right plan you want to know the right plan you got an idea you know the things that are going great and the things that aren't going so good and you need to know the plan so that what god wants to happen in your life happens if that's you i just want you to just raise your hand yeah i see you god bless you god bless you thank you thank you thank you i see god bless you thank you i see you thank you yeah Thank you. Now, last and final group, and I want to pray over you. If you're here, you say, Adam, I am far from God. I know I'm far from God. He's the source. He's the only way that I'm going to know the things I need to do in this. I want to be close to him again, or I want to be close to him. I want to know him. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand just right where you are. I always give people the opportunity to get close to Christ. That's anyone here. Don't leave this building tonight. Thank you, God. I see you. God bless you. Who else? Anyone else? All right. Everyone just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. That you died on the cross. But that you live today. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone here, every person that that raise their hand, that need to be connected with the right people, that need to know they're in the right place, and that need to know the plan for the idea